I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. What's up guys on this episode of the emptiness lab me and tom talked to ian mccall aka uncle creepy which might be one of the best nicknames ever uh, he was a former mma fighter uh, fought for the ufc for a while and we get to hear about you know his troubled past he had a history of violence drug abuse uh, struggle with suicidal you know, depression and it's fascinating to hear how psilocybin helped his road to healing you know mentally emotionally in his relationships and he went from how he described himself as a predator to now it's his mission to help others help others heal especially um, fighters and vets and people who essentially experienced a form of ptsd so it's a beautiful story and i hope you guys enjoy this one you ever try to fight with a cat and a cat's gonna win a hundred percent of the time yeah it's uh you know it's like i, I compare it to wrestling high school kids like when i go into high school like you have to physically break them i have to just just annihilate these little creatures otherwise it's like it's like fighting a house cat i come home with like scratches on my face and on my chest it's just yeah they're um they're they're funny they're funny little, little beings so it's the high schoolers or the cats? cats? The cats, both of them. But the, the cats are like, my first time having cats in my life, and I'm bonding with them or bonded with them, and it's just, I, I'm happy. I need to get some animals in my life. I've just never never had them. Mm. Yeah, I, I need some too. The last ones I've had were uh, hermit crabs, and they died in like a month. That was rough. Yeah. I need to, I want to get a dog. I'm trying to buy a biodiverse farm or trying to start one somehow. Um, and I need a, I need a wolf. I think that's what I've come to the conclusion. I, I was like, oh, big dog, big dog, big dog. <laughs> and my, my, uh, my buddy. And actually the, the, the guy who was running the shaman course through the ONAC, um, or Native American tribal body of sorts. Um, I should figure out exactly what that all entails, what the, or even pronounce the word. Um, but uh, it's a three-year course to become a shaman or healer of sorts. I'm not trying. I don't think I'm a shaman or something. I just it's personal growth and evolution that I like learning about because this is my chosen field. But uh, yeah, he's got a wolf, and I'm like, I want one of those. You know. <laughs> I saw a sign for a wolf in like uh, around Paula area. Okay. It, and there's yeah. they sell wolf pups. That'd be yeah. pretty badass. You know, I, I'm the protector of a of a tribe. I am the one that I come from a different world. I mean, sure, I'm calm and collected and happy and all this stuff. Now, I used to be a predator. I used to climb into a cage and 
you know, fuck up people for blood money in front of every, in front of the entire world. Like I, you know, I had that's still in here. It's there. I just don't deal with it anymore. Um, but you know, if I'm not going to be home, whether it's with my my direct family, my my girlfriend, my daughter, her four kids, or what have you, um, I we always have a lot of people over. A lot of people that I love, and they're in psychedelics. They're not the most hardened individuals, you know, in the first place. <laughs> and uh, so if, I feel like if I'm not around. I want something to be around to protect them. That can also eat other people, you know, not just myself. That's some game that's, that's a, it, shit. Yeah. It's a dangerous fucking world out there. And, um, you know, I, I'm doing everything in my power to protect these individuals because that's, that's what I do. Uh, Ian, could you talk a little bit about how that shift came about from being the predator to now being the more of a shepherd and a protector? And a healer. Yeah, uh, man. I had known uh, that this was my path a, a while before this. Uh, DM, dimethyltryptamine or DMT is what really kind of put it, brought it to light. Um, and and you know, it, it I it needed to happen. I was I was addicted to painkillers from fourteen years old to thirty four. I just turned thirty six. I mean, I've, I've I've got about two years clean. Um, I don't I don't know the exact date. I don't care either. Um, it's just the fact that I, I had to finally get over everything. And, you know, the one time I became sober in 20 years was when I, I became the best in the world at my chosen profession, at fighting. And I, whatever that means, it doesn't matter. It's pet long past. Um, I, I just, I knew that these things would help me get over it. And then through psilocybin, specifically psilocybin, um, once I came home from my last fight, I mean, my last fight, I was snorting Oxycontin in the bathroom in Japan. And I was headlining a major, the biggest event in Japan uh, at the biggest step of arenas when I was in Fukuoka. And uh, I just, they stood me up and I didn't get like completely knocked out. I have to preface to that because I'm, I'm a tough man. I got TKO's. <laughs> Regardless, I stood up and I was like, I'm fine, get off me. And my, my eyes were cross-eyed and I had a bambi leg and I walked in the back. Gentlemen, this is over. You know, number one, I was a world champion eight years ago. I don't, this is this. We shouldn't be here in the first place. Number two, I, everything else. They didn't even know to that point that I was doing those sort of or addicted, so addicted to those pain medicines. But um, that was the initial thing was getting off that stuff, and it helped me. And through a two and a half year process of microdosing weekly, I mean, I, I guess that's I'm still microdose weekly, but this was like regimented done the right way because I, I was trying to heal and and instead of having you know something like a stamets protocol where i was at you know two days a week and two days off or you know there, there's a few different ones i went all in i was like i have to heal i've got a lot of brain damage a lot of amyloid plaque build up a lot of uh, uh you know addiction issues whether it's drugs or sex or violence or just having a good time jumping out of an airplane or whatever it is i was a psychopath and i was just seeking that dopamine response um, then once I was able to, to fix my brain, I guess, you know, uh, my emotionally open up and, and I mean, there was a lot of biohacking involved. I've always been extremely healthy. Always. You know, I was raised by parents that fed me properly and my mom's a chef and I ate really well, supplemented a lot with good things. Um, but you know, I had to get past those addictions. I had to get past that stuff first. And when I did it myself, you know, and I was able to, to do all the, do all the learning. I mean, I, I obviously obsess over stuff like this. So I figured it out. I did it myself. And now that I, 
I'm, you know, far enough into it where I know, and, and plus I also understand enough and I can, you know, express it well enough uh, verbally that um, I know this is my path. You know, fighting was cool, great, it was fun. That, that was, I was tortured and it's not my path. That was just for me to build, instead of going to college, to build a great education and have degrees. Like my best friend growing up is a physics professor in philosophy of physics at USC. My girlfriend's been a UCLA professor and scientist for, for two decades. You know, she's been a scientist for 25 years. Um, I wasn't able to go to college and get these educations, but my, my education and my platform was built uh, doing what I did, fighting and, and having great coaches around me and, and, and mentors of, like Jeff Nowitzki, for instance. You know, he's the golden snitch. In, uh, he's a big busted Lance Armstrong. He's the liaison to USADA from, for the fighters in the UFC. I, I can have these great people in my life and that can, I mean, having those people come to me and go, hey, this is your path. This is incredible. Keep doing it. What you're doing is correct. And then I obsess even more and I, 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 I listen to a couple of podcasts, a day, at least one podcast a day. Um, whether it's reading philosophy in the morning when I wake up to breathwork, meditation, the education of reading, you know, five or six different uh, interviews and, and, and articles on psychedelic. Like this is, this is something I, I really take um, serious. And I think that that healing of myself was the catalyst for me to just tell people, look, if I did this, anyone could do it. It's, I mean, this is, and, I, and I'm making it easy. People like me are making it easy for everyone else. It's like, oh, dude, this is all the information. Here it is. Check it out. If you have any questions, ask. You know, it's, 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 gotten, it's gotten easier. Uh, something I thought was interesting is you said uh, your microdosing protocol seemed to be relieving some CTE um, conditions. And, I, you know, as far as the emotional stuff, uh, the addiction, it's been shown to help. So how did that, did your memory improve? Did you see actual cognitive functions improve over the course of your microdosing? Oh, yes. And thank you for writing the article you did because I, I have never put things down until recently on paper or, or, or had the science here, or you know, put it down on something. And after reading that, I was like, okay, this is, this is where I need to be because I have all this same sort of information. I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to put it down in the first place. Um, but yeah, you, you have, let's, let's say back with, with the study with, with unlimited sciences that I, it was my brainchild. Sure. It was my idea, but I was stoned and I was like, this is a, this is great. My girlfriend needs an, needs a study and I'm direct contact with unlimited sciences, UFC's in the middle. And I pulled it off because that's just what I do. I had the world's first, the, the UFC's first CBD deal with them. So I have FDA and, and BSCG or banned substance control group uh, approval for my CBD product and lab. We're the only ones in the world right now that have it. So the UFC knew I could, I could pull this off. So in that study, we show the healing benefits, the actual healing of the brain um, through epigenetic neurogenesis is the, the big word that I'm sure will, just like uh, entourage effect was with CBD, this will be huge. Neuro neuroplasticity, however you want to put it. Um, you, you see you know, the uptick in all of your senses. So all five senses are heightened. And then, I mean, we know the microdose is 0.05 to 0.25. If you get on the higher end of it, 2.2, I found, to 0.25, you do have perception of that dose. Not, it's not subperception anymore. Athletes like that. They like that heightened sense. But you are also got to realize you're walking on a fine line of being too high and, and not. You know? so, um, but during that, that, that neurogenesis, everything's heightened. You have the different hemisphere, hemispheres of your brain speaking much more actively. 
they, they are, you're building new neural pathways. You're restoring old ones. That memory, like you said, is through the roof. Your, your absorption of new information is huge and energy and all the woo-woo that sounds silly. You, you sit there next to someone. You're like, okay, I can read. You can, I feel open to whatever you have to say. I, have, I feel open with a fear response being down. You can give and receive way more. Um, but yeah, the, the, the actual memory of old stuff for me was huge because I, I died of a drug overdose. You know, I, I was in the hospital for 10 days, or no, I said seven days. I aspirated. It was, it was bad. I put myself in the hospital, hitting my face, snowboarding for a couple of days. I didn't wake up till I was back home. I don't remember being at the hospital. Uh, there was a couple of days there. Uh, so I had a lot of issues with, with, with my memory. It was bad. And now I can remember all kinds of stuff. Things come up where I'm like, whoa, that happened? That's real? I'll call my mom or dad. I'm like, hey, am I just imagining? They're like, nope, that was real. Like, we've got, we've got a whole story behind it. Um, so n not just being able to unlock things like the default mode network, which is actually protecting you from these traumatic events, but even the good events, you know, your body or your brain through whatever, whatever circumstance, whatever reaction our body has to what happened, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, our body hides things from us for whatever reason it, it has, it, it has reasons that we, we will never know. And most of it's, you know, protected, but, um, you know, that, that dropping of the fear response is such a big thing, not just with performance. You know, performance, yes, cardio and, and engaging and with a, another athlete or whatever, uh, going for moves. Or, um, but the fear response, just in general, where you're you're absorbing the information from someone else, and you're not afraid to hear it from a loved one or anyone. You're not uh, not afraid to say the thing that needs to be said. And that sounds like it would just be real quick. No, no, no. You you hear something. And while you're hearing it, your body is, is your brain is, is absorbing it and analyzing it and then going, you know what, I should say this. When, once the option comes up to talk, it's not one option. Or at least if it is that one option, you have already thought about saying it because you feel it. Your body's doing it uh, subconsciously where you're just like, okay, and something good comes out. Even if they, even if usually this person would take it negatively, they go, oh, okay. I needed to hear that. Thank you. You know, and, and and if you do have to say something that's that's you have you go okay. Listen, this is this, this is not you. You're not going to want to hear this, but I have to tell you. And you say it, and there's just a better interaction. I mean, that's as a whole. And even I mean, sure, if someone isn't you know not everyone in the household's microdosing, <laughs> I don't I don't expect that. You're you can still say things from that perspective of okay, I've analyzed it before it came out, and I've been able to say it in much better tone. Tone is huge. The way people say stuff is so big when just the initial response of, of, you know, like a few different ways you can say something will either, you know, make them feel better about it or just kind of like, ow, you know, that, that was said with some, with some venom. Ian, the, the, uh, one of the great things about psilocybin we've found, at least in our research, is it's very, it's very nonspecific in the way that it, in a way, it sort of amplifies a lot of this fear that we have for, for maybe some of these shadow aspects of, of, of ourselves, especially as guys, right? We grew up and we were, we were often running away from, from stuff that we were fearful of. And some of us, we got into sport and that was a really great release. And, and maybe the ones that didn't get into sport, then maybe they got into music or whether it was fighting or whether it was drugs or whatever it was, right? But it was just running away from, from really facing, facing our shadows, if you like, to use a sort of a commonly used term. Could you talk a little bit about um, some of your experiences about 
maybe some of the guys or even yourself, what your experiences of using psilocybin has been towards um, in terms of, yeah, really feeling the effects of, of the closeness to that shadow, those things that you were running from maybe during your youth or maybe during your fighting career, maybe during your career addicted to, to pain meds and so on. Oh man, I'm working in the shadow. I, <laughs> I love this because that's my specialty is and number one, that toxic masculinity thing that you guys know who Lewis Howe is motivational speaker. He, he wrote a book called uh, you know, toxic masculinity or the mask to masculinity. I should say. Um, and having him, he gave me the book and, and you know, I, I it, dude, it makes so much sense. If you haven't read it, check it out. Um, but, man, in that shadow work, if you guys know, I've heard, heard Dr. Gabor Monte talk. Um, and, of course, the professor is what we call my girlfriend. Um, she's my education. And she studies up in the Gabor. Um, and it's a compassionate, caring thing. I can't remember what the name is. Um, but dealing with those, and like whether it's an addiction to sex or whatever, or drugs, doesn't matter. Um, you can't get mad at the addict or the addiction, the drug, whatever. You, you just go, did that work when you were there? Yeah? Okay. Why? 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 Let's talk about it. Let's not get mad about it or upset or whatever. It had happened for a reason that you needed that at that time. Um, and, you know, how, how do we deal with that portion of it? You know, how do we get through there? And that, that's, that's, it's, we're all broken children. It's the abandonment. It's the, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, violence. And these things, um, they're, they, they store in our trauma and we have to deal with them. Otherwise, they're going to come up. They're going to manifest themselves during the hardest parts of your life. They're going to come about as anxiety and depression and, and uh, oh, you couldn't, I got scared climbing into a cage in front of millions of people in my underwear to beat someone up, which makes sense if you don't understand this stuff. But I go, look at you're through, through, through mind work, through mental, mental work of through all this, you're, you're, you can get through it. And, that, and psychedelics are huge because you deal with those traumas that come up, you know, those addictions. And, you know, I, I, I can't have these traumas manifesting themselves. When you, you're doing the same thing you do every day, getting ready for this, you're in the UFC or you're at Wimbledon or you're wherever, you're performing on stage somewhere, you, you, you've come to me for a reason. You're a big deal. You know, you're good. You're really good at what you do. It's not great. So I'm just going to help you deal with those issues first and make you a better person as a whole before we even get into the performance and stuff. Because, you know, when you do the, 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 you know, the visioning of everything you go through, whether it's the walk from the octagon, you know, from the, the backstage to the octagon, that whole process, or, or whatever it is, it's all sort of the same. Um, just a, a few variables and whatnot. Uh, so you, you can deal with that stuff. You know, that, that's the hard, hard shadow work that everyone has. And then you get into the toxic masculinity stuff that uh, I just go, gentlemen, we can't, we can't do this anymore. Whether it's her or Zer or I'm a pixie or whatever, we, we, we realize that no one can be discriminated against and that we were the ones doing it because we're these big, tough, strong douchebags. Dude, we can't do it anymore. They caught on to what we were doing for the last couple hundred years, or however even longer, and it has to stop. It has to stop because it's not good for anybody. It's not good for ourselves. It's not good for them. It's not good for our children. It doesn't work anymore. And um, and we have to be able to go, okay, you can, you can still be the badass 
fast car driving girl getting, you know, party dude, that's not a douchebag. You can be a better person because you know what? It's going to make you better. That's the thing. You acting that way is going to make you a better person. You feel better, be happier. And then uh, that in turn will just make everyone else life better. And um, as we see, uh, it's just society's real messed up right now. <laughs> and we just, I think that'll be a huge part to fix it. You know, of course, there's, there's, a, there's plenty of other stuff. But uh, at least people listen to me when I talk about parenting or relationship advice or, or, or toxic masculinity stuff because it, I've been all those things. I've, I've, let me remind you, I guess I've, I've always been an amazing dad, I have to say. But I've been a, a drug addict addicted parent, you know, on pills. Sure, I had my excuse in my little bottle, you know, that was legal. There's a lot of stuff that you can fix. And I'm open about it. I say, look, this is how I fix it myself. And this is the, the tools I use. So if, if you need my help, I'm here for you. Everyone deserves every single person. Yeah, and I think it's, 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 it's amazing for, for guys to be able to hear this as well. Especially guys, they seem, I don't know, guys seem very, very sort of insular when it comes to talking about deeply personal and deeply sort of emotional vulnerabilities, you know, and especially as you said, this, this whole bravado that, that a lot of guys have and, and, and we can almost like, we think we can mask it. We can somehow mask it with our masculine bravado. Right. And then that just leaks into everything that we do. And we like, become more and more, f- <laughs> more and more fearful. People don't right? see it. Yeah. If people don't see what we're doing, it's like, you know, it's, but you said just, just to follow up on that, you said that you, you were, you said that you were you were you were looking to heal a lot of these, like I think you referred to the fighters as your your people or your guys or something like that. Like, what do you think that these MMA guys or the MMA field and has has a lot of healing? Like, it's a it's a susceptible group uh, of 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 people that need healing uh, or 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 are prone to to a lot of these kind of traumas. So you will get to the actual the the the. the, the actual brain damage from physical violence later. Uh, I mean, our study has to do with vets and combat athletes. Mm. Now, fighters or athletes in general are a little crazy. They're, they're a little crazy, but we'll just stick with my people, like I said. That's where I started this, was just to fix them, and then it's branched and everything else. But um, when, you, when you're a fighter or a vet, you, you're looked at as almost like mythical god status. You know, as this fighter, kids buy the belts, and they want you to sign their autographs. If you're a, a vet, you're celebrated. You, you, can, you can get laid wearing a, a, a uniform. That, like, like that's, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, for these young individuals, men or women, like, it's just this thing people see, and they're attracted to it. I'm sure that's petty, but I'm just, just throwing it out there. It's true. And then once they're done, and they, they went there because they have issues. And while they're there, they got more issues, whether it's killing people or climbing into a cage and beating people up because you're giving and receiving PTSD there. Um, our bodies don't know the difference. And whether you want to act like it, it's, it, it's, just not, it's not that way. I, I'm there. I know. I'm open about it. I'm like, <laughs> I got it all figured out. Um, but, yeah, you have these individuals that, that are celebrated at first for what they do. They're looked at almost as like God figures. And then once they're done, they're forgotten about they mean nothing. I mean, every 22 minutes a vet kills himself. Oh my God. I, I've had some very close friends of mine. My coach, Jeremy Williams killed himself. Uh, one of my best friends. And it almost pains me to say he was one of my best friends because he murdered another one of my best friends, his wife, and then himself. 
You know what I mean? And uh, uh, there's been Robert Foolis, a bunch of people in MMA that have done this. And they've killed themselves. They've taken their own life because of this. And um, that's CTE. You know, um, uh, John Jones. And again, I don't, I have, I have whatever, whether I like John or not, I put it out there on the internet. I can, I can fix you. I know I can. For him, this last time he got in trouble, to be in a par- to be in a parking lot with a loaded gun while he shot off and a and a half drunk bottle of booze by himself during all this, I'm sorry, but that scares me. I don't whether I like you or not. I don't I don't want you to kill yourself. I don't want the thirty for thirty on ESPN to be about how you're dead. I want it to be this amazing story about you being great again. And it, that, again, it doesn't matter if you're John Jones or some random person. But the, 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 these are just this is the space I work in, and I, and I have people's wives or, or loved ones reaching out to me, and these loved ones are being abused by martial artists who we are held to a higher standard our whole lives because of what we know, because of how what we can do with our set, with our minds and our bodies. So you can't, we, I can't, I can't stand by and let this happen. Children and, and loved ones that are being abused in every way, shape, and form, and I mean all of it, and. When I have, I was doing that. I mean, sure, I wasn't physically abusing people, but I was, I was, I was torturing the people that loved me. Just, you know, I just, I just was able to make money and stuff. But they saw me with my addictions to women and to drugs and the risking my life and crazy behavior and just being an asshole, realistically. Um, I was able to fix that, and I, I can't, knowing that I have that capability, sit back and let this happen. And it doesn't. Again, I just started with the fighters, but. I mean, football guys or whoever, soccer players, they hit their head all the time, you know, doing their heading drills. Like these people, these men and women are acting crazy. And I, I can't sit back and um, I'm let it happen anymore because, you know, there's other people involved. We did this to ourselves. Sure. We knew, we, we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. And, um, and now it's just, we can't blame anybody else. We just needed to, to, to start, start the fixing process <laughs> as soon as possible. So I'm wondering how, like, as advocates, right? We want to push this movement forward and you have the relationship with the UFC and we we've covered that it has neurological CTE benefits. Uh, it heals trauma, psychological trauma, emotional trauma. And then there's that skill performance aid. How let's say it's, it's legalized for therapy. What is the story or the narrative you, you would push to an organization like the UFC to say, this is why, um, you know, this is needed in, with these athletes in this sport? I know we'd probably have to back off the woo a little bit. And things like cannabis, it's like you have to go through the, the medical side of things first before you can even go to the recreational route. So is there a path you see to kind of getting this available to the people? Yes, and the path is, 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 is through the UFC. I call it the pollination effect. And uh, sure, I'm crazy. Everyone knows that. I'm, I'm really fucking crazy. But um, I'm able to pull stuff off. Like I, I went to the UFC and I said, hey, because I'd already talked to them in the sciences. And my girlfriend needed a study. So I said, UFC, Jeff Davidsky, how do you feel about a study? He said, dude, that's illegal. Don't, not today. And I said, no, 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 it's not. I know the right people. He said, oh, okay, let's talk tomorrow. So I, I call him tomorrow, we talk, and he goes, all right, I need FDA approval and, and a major university study. And I was like, I already got it, because <laughs> I know what you're going to say to get this done. Again, I'm, I'm not your normal person, but I pulled it off. I actually had sent letters, sent proposals over. We sat in person with the UFC, and I knew that Jeff knows a lot about this because of me, because I send it to him. I make sure he's able to educate himself. Um, 
I knew all I had to do was get my girlfriend in front of him and just go, boop, on, okay, set back. Was like, she just gave him all the information. Um, and by the end, he was like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, I knew some of this. But just just to be able to, to get in front of them and tell them that stuff. You know, the UFC is open arms. They, even though they can't publicly fund me because it's a Schedule One substance, they're a U.S.-based company, um, Jeff's like, please give me the information. Like, just put it on my you're my friend, of course I would. Number two, you're you. They call me and say, "Hey, you should be here this weekend." You know, there's a lot of a lot of big names will be here. You should come talk to everybody. Um, now let's let's look at the NHL, for instance. I don't know if you've heard of a guy named Daniel Carcio. He's as far as athletes with blue check marks that are activists. Uh, him and I are, are the two guys right now, um, and we're looking to build a team. We just, we're not trying to be selfish, but we're just the two guys that know the most at this point, um, and. The NHL has has tried to silence him. They're acting like he doesn't even exist. And we went through a lot of the same stuff. Crazy nicknames because we were crazy. He was the car bomb for indiscriminately messing people up. Uh, or I was Uncle Creepy. That doesn't come from anything too real. It's just a joke. But it just shows we're both weird. Okay. Um, and both of our best friends had CTE and ended up dying of drugs. Uh, mine had a heart attack because he had a prior condition, but those were brought on by certain certain substances. Same thing with him. And where the UFC goes, come here, little buddy. You'll bring it in. We'll tell us whatever you need. We'll help you. We'll do this. You'll, you have this cool stuff. This is amazing. Let's show it. Let's let's get out there and help you tell everybody. Well, they I mean, they can't really say much of it because it's a Schedule One substance, but they're open to it. Where the NHL is like, you know, you don't exist. Like, we're going to just la, 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 la. And, and – and I, I, I like to say this to the NHL. Um, have you not seen who our friends are? Johns Hopkins and all these amazing intellectuals. You, know, you have not only the, act, the activism movement or, the, or just the, the psycho-spiritual, yes, the woo-woo, okay? But there's real science involved in this. And we're coming for you. And if, if you don't want us to make you look really bad, we should talk. You have Daniel's number, call him, or, or the NFL, or the MLB, or whatever it is. I mean, the MLB just, just legalized cannabis. And sure, don't show up to the game doing too high. I know that performer, athletes are going to be stoned, whatever. Not a big deal. But treat it like alcohol. Don't, don't, don't be irresponsible. Don't get in a car accident and hurt somebody. You know? That's how all this should be looked at. And when you know the performance benefits of, of these plant medicines, um, then you, why, why would you not want your athletes taking this stuff? You're protecting their brains. You're healing the, the initial tr the, the, the trauma that happened and the, the, uh, the actual the, you know, the, the abuse that we put on ourselves. And then you're protecting from further abuse and having performance benefits from a natural substance that grows out of shit. Or why are you, why are you, or anything really? But like, wow, this shouldn't be that hard for you guys. I know you're old, white, rich individuals that are so stuck in your ways. Um, but guess what? I come from that world. Uh, the president of the, of the United States, like many generations ago, is part of my family. I deal with rich, old, stubborn individuals, and they're listening now. So let's just get on board. Um, otherwise, it's going to make you look bad. And do you really want that sort of, of look? Can we just negate all this and just get right into and making everyone who's in charge look good that you guys want to look good. Great. I, I have a one certain thing that'll help everybody. That'll make everyone feel good about it. And then the, the overall public will see these, these athletes doing this because they don't listen to the, the doctors and scientists that have been educating themselves for ever. 
we have all the, that's who I learned from. That's who Daniel learns from. But you won't listen to them, but you'll listen to some, some guy like me with a blue check mark. Come on. Like, that it makes no sense. You know, it's, it's and it, sure, there's, there's a few of us out there like myself that, that take it serious and we, we do educate, educate, educate with real, real understanding and knowledge, but a lot of us aren't. Most of us aren't. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it blows my mind how people still won't get on board with, with all the benefits that are shown and the safety, especially for veterans and fighters and people who need it. Um, have you faced any, I think you made a post about this, but discrimination over just trying to show the benefits of this drug? Do you still see it? Is it, it can't still be a taboo with all the science behind it, but have you experienced any uh, pushback? Oh man. And of course I don't care what people think about me or say behind my back. I'm crazy. I'm a drug addict, whatever. Okay, sure. That's fine. Um, but when they discriminate against my, my child, my loved ones, you know, my girlfriend's kids or whoever, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is such a fun thing for me to do with people like that. Like, okay, so let's talk about this. I'm not mad. I'm upset. I'm actually entertained. So let's, let's have a debate. Um, nowadays we have to be as a whole, as a society, we have to be whole uh, with, with a man in a dress going into, and this is as a, as a strong, tough man. I like to bring this up because it's just, uh, yeah, just listen. <laughs> in a dress can go into the bathroom with my daughter. Why? Because I understand the neuro, the neurochemistry of, of people that he might be a woman. It's all about chemistry and vibrations. People, I, I, I need to give, we need to give these people the benefit of the doubt. Because the rest of us, people like me, oh, we'll, we'll suss out the, the evil ones that are going in there for nefarious acts. Okay, they'll, they'll get found out. They will. But these other people, they deserve this. And we don't need some, some you know, gender bathroom with everything on it so then people can see them going in there and then make them feel even weirder. Like, come on. That's, that's again, that's not right. Um, so we, have to, we can't discriminate against anyone anymore, which is, I think it's great. I love it. Yet people can discriminate against people like myself who want to, in, to put something in my own body that grows naturally outside. I can literally go find some somewhere. Like, I'm sure pretty fast. Uh, and, and you, you want to you call my, my kids and my loved ones bad influences because of the science and education that I'm doing and posting about? Oh, shame on you. you who, who told you? And of course, in this area where I'm from, is there's Saddleback Church is a few miles away. A bunch of rich, judgy church people, some Christians. And again, I, I grew up in the church. I was kicked out of a bunch of private schools in this exact area, right next to there, St. John's uh, Catholic School, my first one. Um, I have crosses tattooed on my body for symbolism. I, I like Romeo and Juliet. I've covered in Romeo and Juliet tattoos. Um, but I just go, guys, you, you can't do this anymore. I mean, sure, I'm, I'm now a proud pagan, uh, having a, a, a person in my life that was born uh, in Serbia, modern or, modern day Serbia, former Yugoslavia with a shaman for a grandmother. Like I'm, I'm a pagan. <laughs> it's fun. Um, you know, but I, I just, I like showing these people like, look at what you're doing is wrong. And you, I, I, number one, I'm not, it's not going to, it doesn't phase me, but you, you're going to hurt someone. You're going to hurt these young individuals that don't know how to compartmentalize this. I mean, children, serious children, you're going to make them look bad or feel bad because of what I post. I mean, come on, that's, that's crazy. And, and, and I'll, I love this story, so I'll just say it. 
my daughter, not that long ago, we're driving and she's big enough to be in the front seat. So she's all proud. And she goes, you know what, dad? Cause I raised her myself for the first five years of her life. Um, her mother was busy. So, but you know, I mean, she's eight now. So mom's back and shit, but uh, we're sitting there and she goes, dad, you know, I'm really proud of you. I was like, what? Okay. Tell me why. <laughs> yes. What's up? Why are you proud? Why are you proud of daddy? She goes, you've just changed so much for the better. And I see you helping all these people. I was like, oh man, you're so cool. I love you. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, that's incredible. And, and, and I was telling her about, you know, if anyone starts to, granted she's homeschooled and her friends, I'm friends with their parents sort of stuff. And I go, if anyone ever, you know, gives you crap about what I do and what for a living, you know, trying to help people, then, you know, just, I want you to know it's there. People, people would make say really mean things. And she goes, why would I ever feel bad or, or care about what other people say when you're helping people? Like, well, look, listen to what you just said, dad, you're helping people. I was like, oh my God, you're the coolest little person I've ever seen in my life. I love you so much. <laughs> so now that right there, that's enough. I'm like, cool. And I, I, I'm, I mean, she knows I healed her with, with plant medicine. When she, when she was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at two and a half, couldn't walk, couldn't think straight. She's been ingesting high dose RSO oil, you know, since that age. When she gets sick, that's what she asks for. I mean, now she just takes CBD, but, um, you know, she's, she's, she's already kind of a psychonaut, so she's, not, she's okay with it. Could you, could you look back at any sort of pivotal experiences with, with a psychedelic where you could really uh, feel a, a shift in the way that you looked upon your, your previous identity as, as, as uncle creepy, the fighter, the guy that who was going into this octagon to beat the shit out of people, you know, literally life and death. And then maybe having this realization that, that, you know, I, I get to choose my identity now. I get to choose who Ian is now and I get to wake up today and, and decide who I'm going to be and what I'm going to contribute to the world. Do you, do you, do you have any sort of pivotal experiences with psilocybin or, or DMT that you mentioned before that, that really sort of made you feel this sort of deep embodied experience that, you know what, I'm, I'm not who people say that I was or I'm not who I was when I first jumped into the ring and I was angry and I was scared and I was vulnerable. Any experiences that you could think of that you want to share? Oh, I've got a, a, a few that happen ever so often. I have a huge ego um, and I have to get rid of that because it doesn't, doesn't serve me. Um, but, you know, whether, whether it was oh, man, five years ago, me and Malibu Canyon on far too much psilocybin, uh, getting lost, actually. <laughs> um, I saw the Stone Dave Theory play, play, play out from me laying in the dirt, looking at a tree going, I used to be there and now I'm the you know, the big tough chimp that's on the, on the Savannah where I'm just in charge, you know, um, to, to the actual, um, breaking of my addiction, at least mentally with DMT, you know, around that same time. Fast forward, you know, till recently, uh, I have a shaman uh, out of San Diego, one of them that I work with that, you know, we, we go deep. I mean, this was, this was the most profound experience I'd had up until that point. Um, where I saw my future and you sit in a, what's called the Wamkis. It's like a teepee or maybe eight foot high wall of tarped in walls. And uh, there's no, no top on it. You go in there and he plays the fire and you realize why you're like, Oh, you're a wizard. <laughs> like, wow. He plays this, he plays the fire while telling a story about the, the plague of the Indians. And it's, it's, it's so cool. 
and then he starts burning local cities. Peyote? No, no, no. This is this is psilocybin, and um, you know, being being raised Mexican, Spanish, you know, and and growing up in California, I have, and I'm I'm ten percent Native American, um, so I just have this connection with the land and those people, and, and I mean, when he starts burning the sage, the DMT that's in it burns off, and it sends you into orbit, and at that point. I found myself, you know, the movie a Gladiator with Marcus Aurelius and uh, and, and uh, Leonidas, where they're in that the tent and he's talking to him and he's philosophizing and it's all by camp, like red background, candlelit, you know, kind of thing. I found myself there and I was Marcus, and whatever I was saying had people, someone scribing down what I was saying. Whatever I was saying was so important and I couldn't hear it, but. It, it just, I could feel it. And I was like, oh, that's my future. And I was like, and I, I just started to be able to verbalize how, what happened and to make sense of it. And now I find myself sitting around and whether it's, you know, my girlfriend, she, she takes notes of everything, but having people type, you know, just, they, they're taking down what I'm saying because they realize there's, there's, I mean, I study stoicism and philosophy, you know, as just a hobby, as a, just a daily practice for myself. Um, but it makes sense. And I, and I see that. I mean, granted, I was old and gray and, but it, it, I just, I felt something different. So that's the path I'm on now, you know, and, and it's, um, I mean, even, even just somewhat recently since, since COVID happened, I, I, I'm a, I'm a hobby comic or stand-up comedian, I guess. Um, they're, they're the comedian said I could say that, so I feel important about it. But I realized like that the, the comic is, the comic is, is taking a backseat. I don't want to say it's dead, but cause it's so therapeutic for me, but I, I, this is more important for me. Yeah, the fame, the fortune, whatever that could happen in comedy, especially nowadays. I've got, a, I've got the perfect path to do it. But this is, this is, this is more important. You know, I, I, I already had all that attention. You know, like I, the money that's, I'm okay. I'm doing just fine. I don't need to worry about that. It's just, it's, um, this is, this is going to help everybody. So that's, this is what I have to do. Could you talk a little bit about um, the psychedelic integration circle you're part of? Um, I guess what would you say it's just a kind of a place and a space to share and be heard, or is there is there a certain structure to it? Um, so what we started is South Orange County Psychedelic Integration Circle on Facebook. Uh, people want to reach out and check in there. I mean, uh, it's real wordy, yes, but that's on purpose because of where we are and the fact that not everyone needs to needs to see or know about this. It's just not again, nothing illegal is going on, um, and we don't let people post negative or, or illegal stuff on there because that's not the point of this. This is a safe space for people to come to to learn about this, to tell their story, hear other people. Because most integration circles are, are a dozen people, twenty people at most. Um, but I, I'm trying to create a platform and an ecosystem to where um, I, my, myself and my team hold our, not only each other, but everyone else accountable. If you're going to teach our women's circle or our men's circle or our psycho-spiritual circle or whatever it is, performance, you're going to be very good. You're going to be certified like a, a, a high-level individual because I expect to be you know, the highest level of care possible. Uh, and not to say you can't teach if you're just, you're just starting, but there's ways we can help you facilitate to learn your craft and to build it. So when you tell your story, it, it's, it's better, you know? Um, and just because, you know, I, 
I, people have a certain respect and fear for me. Like I'm scary all of a sudden. Well, not all of a sudden. I just used to be. Um, where they know, and I'm serious. I'm like, guys, I'm I'm not gonna let anyone screw this up because if you screw this up, it hurts all of us, and I won't let that happen. And I want everyone to know that look, we're responsible and we're 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 educated and and we're we only have the best intentions. Um, and you know, if if you if you don't even want to be seen on that thing, go to my social media and go look at the things that I post and go check out uh, Decrim CA. It's the decriminalization effort. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a, an event coordinator for them, and um, all of California. <clears throat> Go check out Decrim Nature. I mean, we don't work directly with them, but we do as 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 a, as a culture. Uh, they're amazing. You have Unlimited Sciences is massive. The third wave is the third wave is probably the best place, the best resource online for psychedelic education. I mean, it's it's vast. It's on everything too, um, and you know, if you need it, go reach out to myself or go into the Facebook or whatever and ask some questions, you know, uh, go on the uh, book me and we can talk. We can go over more stuff. I can, I can be your coach. I do work with anybody. You don't have to be, you know, some high level performer or whatever, whatever I make it sound like it's, that's, that's not important. It's anyone, whether you're a businessman or a surf performer at all, you, everyone needs to help. Yeah. There's a, there's oh, a number oh, of, Real quick, we're also giving a, a talk on Friday. Myself, Rashad Evans, Heather Joe Clark, and uh, jo, 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 Del Jolly, the, the creator of Unlimited Sciences, on Zoom or on some sort of platform like that. Uh, where we're going to be talking about the study and kind of kind of launching everything for the first time. That's Friday the 29th. Yeah. Of yeah. yeah, this week. May. Cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, Ian, there's, there's really – it's really nice to see these different groups setting up the work DJ and I are doing with the emptiness project. And, and also of course the sacred sons, I'm sure you're familiar with, with their work as well, doing a lot of work based upon, I think more of a sort of an egalitarian uh, space where, where we're actually in the midst of it doing the work ourselves. So we're not actually trying to sort of set up some sort of hierarchy, right? That we, that we somehow have figured out something that we're the enlightened ones, right? We're just like, guys who have just maybe re come to this realization that fuck life is is tough but life is fun and 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 why not have a go trying to work it out and be be a kind person and be a forgiving person and be a loving person at the same time right and i've you know at least the work dj and i've have, have been doing we've found that just that in itself just holding a space for for people to come and just to to be themselves and realize that you know they they're, they're worthy as they are right because we're always often growing up with this sort of sense of deep sense of unworthiness, right? That we have to have something to prove ourselves, prove our worth, you know? And I think it's really fun to see, to see these groups setting up and, and, and your work is so nice to hear about it because it's, it's, it's almost like a, it's a welcoming space, right? It's like saying, Hey, come on in because everyone's welcome because everyone has something not only to hear, but also to contribute to that healing as a collective as well. Yeah, as the late great Terence McKenna once said, that we are all afflicted with one thing. That's the human condition. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. Uh, we all have it, and we're all broken. So, if you look back at our parents and grandparents and whatnot, they were taught everything. Everything they were taught was wrong. Science, religion, food. I mean, everything was manipulated for 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 money, for finances, and power, and all that. And you know. Individually, we might not be able to change anything, but if we can sit back and go, okay, 
there's a lot to learn. And, and you know, we are the big physical creatures out there that, that do have that protected, at least look to us. You know, like that's half the battle. We, we need to show everybody like, look, we have tools and we're not trying to change you into someone you're not. You, we want you to be your most authentic self and we don't want to get in the way of you living your life because life is beautiful. And we just want to help you to, the, to show you the tools that we use to get better. Because I could say for, for couples, for instance, like the training we do there, because if you look at myself and my partner, um, you know, I'm the crazy person you just heard about. She's been a, with UCLA professor for, I think, for 17 years. She's, you know, uh, extremely educated. I saw her resume for the first time and I was like, wow, you're smart. <laughs> um, you know, stoic, five foot 11 blonde from, you know, former Yugoslavia. That's just like, this you know and then you look at me and it's like what how did this even happen like what but there's just there's so much to do when you're able to pull down those defenses and just see people for who they are and go wow like you're beautiful just you you with the smile on your face like i, I make sure i say a lot of things that i do every day that i don't uh but you know the perfect day is breathwork and meditation before i get out of bed I go downstairs and that's under her, that's under the professor's order. She's like, no, don't, don't come downstairs until that happens. <laughs> so I do it. And then you go downstairs and I, if you, if you live, if we're, especially right now, you're stuck, you're stuck with these people in your house. Okay. And you call them your loved ones. Why would you go downstairs without a smile on your face and some beautiful thing to say to those beautiful creatures that you love? Go down there, hug them. And not just like a pat, like give them a big hug and love them and feel that energy and just tell them, hey, I love you, you're beautiful. Have I ever told you that? You know, like whatever, just say something cute. And it's going to make you smile, which is a different chemical response. Same thing with them. Now, if you're in a constant state of fear, you have cortisol and stress hormones through the roof. You are only caring about survival. And that's not good. You're, you're not worried about your hair, your skin, your attitude, anything. It's just survival, survival, survival. When you're in love, we're happy, especially in love. You produce tons of things like growth hormone. And that, that makes everything work better. It makes you more buff and more ripped and makes everything just, why would you want to dull your performance in life with those negative, negative outlooks and negative chemicals that you're putting in yourself? Why? Why, why? why would you mess up your performance in any way, shape, and form? Whether that's physical, mental, at work, I don't care, creatively. This is, this is what you need to do. I know music is best when people are sad and on drugs or coming, you know, coming getting sober. Uh, uh, okay, sure, I guess. Uh, but we can figure it out, make much better music, and what we don't. If we, <laughs> I don't know, it's just a, it's a tangent I can go down. <laughs> I, I just think it's so cool how you were the self-described predator in this probably a, a, a big, like you're mentioning, fight or flight state a lot of the times on that end in the fight, you know, cause that that's where you're placed in that job and how you could totally reverse that your whole nervous system, your, your reality, your world and become this loving person with this. I mean, I could hear just your zest for life as a whole, as a community, like we could have a better life and we could change the world. Um, do you feel like in the UFC where you have a lot of these personalities with these traumas in that fight or flight state, there's got to be, I'm guessing without dropping names, a lot of self-medicating going on with this. 
because psilocybin is not tested for correct in in no. that sport usada doesn't go after it um well, what, usada doesn't test for that in in that sport they don't they they, they don't have the capabilities with this and that's the thing they don't have the capabilities and they i think they see the fact where this is going so they're just like they're like we don't even want to touch this because this is mm-hmm. going to come around and bite us in the ass and uh ufc just changed their their drug testing policy to uh, opiates where you can't have those in your system like and, and not not you can never have them during the fight but they we're talking during training camp where they knock on your door and you're you know you gotta wake up at five in the morning to have them take your pee and your blood which is so much fun um now, I mean, and I, I look back and I go, oh my God, do we still have those tests? Does anyone have those tests? Can we, can we show everyone what was in my system? Uh, because they're, 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 they know that that is the problem for all athletes. You know, sure, steroids is a big deal uh, in sports as a whole. I don't care what sport you love, people are cheating. That's the human condition again. That's what they're doing. And a lot of them are, are cheating just through that thinking a painkiller is going to make them perform better, which is not, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a depressant for your lungs and doles your senses Sure, it doles your pain, but like, okay, it's just pain. When you get to that level, you're fine with pain. So, uh, you know, things are changing and, and those drugs are getting out. And I mean, I have parents coming to me and going, Hey, my kid just dropped some serious knowledge on me about microdosing and admitted to me that, They've been doing it, and that's what's gotten them off their Adderall. I was like, yep. <laughs> How old's your kid? Oh, 17? Weird. Um, well, the pollination effect, let's sit down and talk about it. You know, or your kid's 21 or whatever, just someone. Uh, you know, son or daughter, I see this happening constantly. And these parents come to me, and they're like, hey, like, is this real? And I just go, yeah. Let's, both of you come to the house, and we'll talk about it. You know, just because I, I don't, I don't facilitate. I make sure to tell people, I'm not a drug dealer. I, I, yes, I work in cannabis. <laughs> that's, that's, that's different. We have a distribution center. Um, but like, yeah, like that, these are not a drug dealer. I can't help you get them, but I can sure as hell help you through it. Cause that's the most important thing. The integration, integration after or during is the most important part of this because, uh, without that, we don't, there's no tools. You know? In the, my limited knowledge of, of MMA, it's, it's basically uh, entirely gained through the Joe Rogan experience uh, over the years. Listen to the, I know you were, you've appeared on the on the show if, uh, a number of times. I, I think seems yeah, to me that's that sixteen hours on that show. I haven't I haven't talked to Joe in years, so I gotta I gotta figure out nice. how I get work on that show. <laughs> it seems to me that uh, yeah, he's he's in the big leagues now, so maybe you have to dial up Spotify first to to get permission to. He doesn't answer my text messages. That's <laughs> another long story. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, but, but I was just going to say, it seems like, it seems like fighters, current fighters and former fighters seem like super open-minded guys, guys that have really lived life or have, you know, really authentic life experiences, you know, and, and do you, um, what's the, what's been the feedback for, from, from guys that you know, who are, who are in the game currently or, or, or retired fighters about this work that you're doing, um, both in terms of, of, of the brain trauma um, potential as well of, of psychedelics, but also through this, um, yeah, this, this, this trauma men's work, shadow work stuff that we were talking about as well. 
man, this morning I woke up with like five new people throughout the day. I have to, I have to talk to about it that are all athletes, you know, um, fighters, kickboxers, female, male, they're, they're all tuning in. And there's a, a good amount of individuals more than you would think that are already doing it in the UFC. I don't know about other sports because I don't watch other sports, but I know it's happening. They're at least they're coming around to football. Football is one of them for sure. I know they're doing it. Um, but you know, they, they, whether it's someone brand new that I'm enlightening about it or it's someone who, you know, I'm in Vegas at a fight and they're like, wait, what do you do? <laughs> like, like, Oh, I do that. And it's, it's great because all of these people, especially men, um, have that, you know, cocky attitude about it. And I just, they go, Oh yeah, it's cool. It's good to see you, uh, on this side of the fence about it, bro. Like you're in psychedelics now. That's cool. I've been here for a while. Like, it's good to have you here. And I just go sit down, sit down and shut up right now. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm like, and I, and I, I, I talk to them about it and they go, Whoa, really? They, they let you do that. You know, and I'm talking to the, the, the biggest names in the sport or their management. Um, and, you know, here's my card or my phone number. I don't use cards because it's paper, but and it's just, it's, it's no point. Uh, but, you know, and I just go look at, let's chat. And, and they just, they get, you know, my secret weapon is, is the professor because, number one, she just the way she looks. Uh, but it's bait. I'm like, check it out. Okay, there you go. On, listen to her talk. And then I'm just, you know, they're, it's perfect. Um, but to get these people at that level who already do it, that are cocky about it, back in the understanding of, look, at you're doing it right, kind of, kind of. <laughs> Most of the time they're doing it wrong. I mean, they don't even know dosing. They're not measuring or anything. But at least they're, they're into it. Then you get into the newbies who, who are just, you know, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed about it. You know, they're just like, oh, my God, this is incredible. I want to tell me more. Um, and, and it's, it's, you know, I guess I deal with all sorts of athletes, people in yoga to the fighters, to uh, football, to whatever. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's spreading with this, this psychedelic jubilancy that they have. And they're just like, I want to tell everybody. I'm like, cool. You tell them what you know, and then send them to me and then I'll, I'll tell them the, I'll, I'll, whatever you didn't say properly, I'll fix. It's no big deal. <laughs> Cause I, I say stuff wrong all the time. I mean, all the time. And I'll, I'll have someone go, Hey, that's. Yeah, you were kind of right. I'm like, yeah, I, okay. I got to go back and fix that one. <laughs> you mentioned it, there's people who might be approaching it wrong or not in the best way possible. So from, um, from your research and people you've worked with, people you're mentoring under, are there some tips on if someone hypothetically wanted to uh, approach this medicine um, that you could give to just have the best experience possible and, and safe experience? Yes. Uh, I mean, get to know the medicine first before you microdose. That's my outlook. Start with a big dose because those, those big crazy things come up. Uh, you know, that you don't even know your default mode network is protecting you from the childhood trauma that is tormenting your life. Let's deal with that first. Get to know the medicine. On a, on a, it doesn't have to be a hero dose or anything crazy, but a, you know, a, a gram even works. I've seen people have I mean, crazy experiences on that. Um, but then get with someone who knows what they're doing. And it, 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 it's most likely your friend that annoys you with how much they talk about it. Or the guy that's like, yeah, woo woo, man, let's talk about energy and we'll do some, let's just talk about why we're here. And, and I, I get frustrated with those people. I, I, sometimes I'm like, listen, you're, you're being a spiritual bypasser right now. I know you have good intentions, but 
it's just like someone talking about Jesus too much. I'm like, I'm out of here. You're just bothering me. Why is this your answer to everything? I just wanted a pizza, you know. Um, but but get get with someone you know the guy or gal that that is into it. Get with them and ask them a few questions and say, look, I need help. Because whether you know them that well or not, you're going to. I mean, first do the education yourself online. There's tons of there's so much information out there. Um, you're gonna bond with these people. I mean, I've done circle where I, I've just met these people that morning, and you go through one, and then all of a sudden you're like, yeah. It, you ever need anything you call me so you know that because you just bond on this level that is is different you again back to talking about other dimensions and realms and portals or whatever it's crazy it sounds crazy it is crazy in there and you need someone to help you through it so you sit and you talk in circle you go through the experience you talk more and you just have your friends you can turn turn to you know that that integration journaling is big i mean if I was to say, you know, my process is journal before, a week or so before, write about the things you want to learn, uh, meditate, breath work sort of stuff, then there's some homework, then you have set setting intention, and then integration after. And it's it's a process, but if you want to get the most out of it, then um, that's the way to do it. I feel like we're all guilty here of being the ones who talk about it a little too much to friends and alienate people. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just have, I have so much energy and I talk about it every day anyways for work. And you know, I, it's nice. We actually, wow. We, we, uh, my friend rented a house you know, in Huntington beach over the weekend. He's still there. Um, and we had a bunch of my friends come into town from LA and from wherever. And, it, was, it felt so good to just talk about anything else, like to just sit for hours and just conversate with people that I, that I like being around, just about like whatever, just, just anything. So yeah, we, we talk about it too much. <laughs> yeah, but there's something very beautiful about that though, eh? It's like we can, you know, we're doing a lot of this work where we're sort of trying to be kind of neutral and trying to be almost... Um, almost have a sort of a therapeutic uh, approach to it for people, especially people that are new to it. But at the end of the day, also, it's a, it's a very beautiful experience just to feel that cohesion with your fellow brothers, right? Or your fellow sisters well, yeah. as well. And have that com communal sort of feeling of, of belonging, right? Without even having to get woo about it or whether you want to go there or not, depending on how much you've dosed, I guess. But still, it's a very, <laughs> just that human connection is such a beautiful thing right yeah and that and uh, you know to be in my space where i was i was you know i was the i was the baby of the group that you know was all these legendary fighters you know from the first the first real push you know chuck liddell and crew that whole group glory to and antonio benuelos jake shields all these old individuals you know uh, and and even tito ortiz and rampage jack that group that group I was the youngest one, and now I'm retired. And some of them, Glover Teixeira just, just became number one contender at 40 years old by beating the hell out of somebody. I was like, please stop hurting that kid. Stop right now. Why is this, like, who, looking at the ref, like, online, I wanted to text the ref, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Stop it right now. You're doing it. But, you know, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's madness. But to sit back and have all these guys, all my friends, like, the people that took care of me my whole life, though, they sit back and go, okay, yeah, yeah. I see them so entertained and like asking questions and being, you know, just inquisitive about it. 
and, and then, you know, everyone around, when you have these individuals, like, like Chuck Liddell, for instance, that's who, you know, he's like an older brother to me. For me to come to him, because he's got brain damage. He does. We all do. Or, you know, uh, Babalu Sobral was there. Name drop. These are my good buddies. And we're sitting there. They're just, they're intently listening. Like, yeah, okay. You, wow. Okay, yeah. Like, well, when do we start? You know, when do we, when do we get this going? And it's just, it, it's, it's beautiful. It really feels good to be the, the bearer of good information for these, for my friends. And, and to have them take me serious instead of just being like, oh, yeah, Ian's being crazy again and talking about mushrooms now. <laughs> you know, because cause I, 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 I see the difference in myself and Rashad, for instance. And we're the two faces of, of, uh, of Willis Heather, um, the faces of unlimited sciences at the moment. And to, to, to look back and go, I'm not the only one who went, like, went way over the top in my change. Rashad's an energy worker. And to, to, to be on a, you know, a large dose and to look out in the field, leave the yurt you know, where everyone else is going through their work and to go into the field we're in Colorado and he's out there, you know, shirt off, laying in the field, just absorbing the, the energy of the sun. He's, he's recharging his batteries and then come up to you and he'll scan your body with his hands. And just be like, okay, you feel that? And you can feel the beam of energy just going through you and he'll pull out a crystal and he'll harness the sun's powers and run it along your body. And I watch him do it. I'm in the corner. I'm like, yeah, you look fucking crazy. And I love it because I'm not the only crazy one. <laughs> and it's just, it's hilarious to see because you know, like, who's going to say anything to us about it? It's, it's, it's beautiful for one. It's beautiful to hear my friend talk about it with such compassion, where both of us are talking about it so intently that we're, like, crying, you know what I mean? Um, it's just incredible. Man. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful thing to see, you know, and, and to bring these people about into this world, you know, because you have a legendary people, I mean, like ourselves, who, who now you have other people that are reaching out, and then I, I know we can fix them all, so. That's so cool that to have a space where that's allowed to happen, not just, I don't think just calling it weird stuff, but it's like <laughs> stuff where the, what's driving it is healing and love and growth and, you know, brotherhood and just community all around. You know, it's, it's, you could say it's weird, but it's, it's a yeah. good weird, <laughs> you know, it's a needed weird more than ever. So I think yeah you know, hearing you guys making that acceptable. And I know you just promoting it and being open with your story and what you do on the internet. I know just the little I've talked about it, I'll have people message me and they just have to tell me about an experience. And I'm sure there's people who have a similar background. Maybe they're, they're fighters or maybe, you know, they're um, the vets and they've been in this, like you said, PTSD state this, this fight or flight and they look at you and, you know, I'm sure they're reaching out to you. Um, how is it, uh, could you talk about your, uh, psychedelic integration coaching you offer? Who would this benefit? What do you offer in terms of help? I mean, my, my main goal in it is to be the performance coach, but I can't help you with performance before you, uh, you know, until you, do the healing part of it, you know, and it works for anybody. Like I said, men, women, um, and if you need help with parenting, uh, we have that. There's couple stuff. If you and your loved one just want to be at home, you know, and you're gonna do this together, then okay. There's tools. There's much more tools to use that we can help you. Just, just 
you know, make sure there's no harm, make sure this is done right. Um, to just your average person, your average person or, or, or high level performer, it works with everybody. Because back to that human condition, it, it fixes that specific thing. And, um, you know, you really, whatever you want to get out, want to, you want to get out of it, you're going to get. And even if even if you miss the mark on the intention, where I, 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 mean, I want to focus on this thing I've been journaling about for a week, that might not even come up. It might be something totally, totally different. But at least you're in the space for that to, to fix that thing. And then in turn, it probably will fix itself. You know, it's, and it, it might not happen in one, in one go. You know, like I, I, I ring myself out every once in a while uh, because I'm deep in my healing. You know, I still have to deal with my addictions and my ego and, and these things as I, as I, I create a new platform and I become, um, I, my celebrity grows in a different manner, you know, where I'm getting more attention for different things. And, and someone like myself who loves attention and has an ego, um, you know, when I get, I get, I just get this, that just feeds it. So, where I, you know, I, you got to heal constantly. You have to do the work, the breath work and the meditation and, um, you know, that daily practice, that's, that's what integration is truly about is just putting things into daily practice. And, and that's the, the main thing is to become a better person, a better version of, 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 you know, whoever you really are. So, uh, man, that was good stuff. Where, where are your time? Uh, could you tell Thanks. people, uh, where they could find more about you, all your plugs? Yeah, so you've got uh, the McCallMethod.com. That's where you can – it's got to have a V because otherwise you'll end up with uh, some woman who teaches uh, physical therapy. But uh, the McCallMethod.com, reach me there or reach out to my – all that same name on social media. And then I have my original stuff, Uncle Creepy MMA, where I post everything else, you know, a bunch of other, bunch of other stuff. But um, check those out. Contact me there or, yeah, if you want to be on Facebook, South Orange County Psychedelic Integration Circle click the uh you know the try and whatever it is button to, to, to join and i'll um i'll let you in there's no you know just got to click a few buttons that says you're over 18 and you won't post dumb stuff and what have you so yeah reach out there oh and if you uh if you need supplements i recommend using life cycle uh cycle is c-y-k-e-l it's a danish way they've got the best mushroom supplements i've seen so far um and yeah uh what else oh the beard struggle if you guys want anything for the beard struggle use uh Creepy 15 for 15% off on all these. Creepy 15 is always the, the thing. And you can go on and get some, some, some good things to tune your beard up. And how the hell do we get uh, Decrim CA, which go and support? Uh, the yes. COVID kind of screwed the movement and the, the voting process this year around, right? Yeah, so we've got two and a half more years. I mean, if you guys want to jump on the team, come out to a meeting we can have, or we'll have, we'll have monthly or weekly meetings, I'm sure I'll presume. Because uh, we were running all of Orange County for that. And, yeah, check out, you know, Unlimited Sciences. Check out decrimca.org. Uh, and, and there's just so much information. If you guys want to join, you can sign there um, now. And we did we, – we, I don't know if we would have gotten accomplished this year, uh, honestly, to be, to be completely honest. But at least now we have a soapbox to, to, to use that already got good, a good amount of momentum behind it. So we've got two and a half years to make this work, and I, and I know it's going to happen. It's, there's, there's no way it's not because this isn't, this isn't cannabis where it's stuck in the mud. You know, this is happening at a crazy pace and people see it. And, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, whether it's these intellectuals or people like ourselves, I mean, these, these, you know, doctor scientists, we're, we're all coming together. Um, and the lack of the criminal element because the criminal element that's in cannabis, people are still dying over that stuff. Like 
in, in, in psychedelics is not there. Thank God. You know, like it's just, it's not. So this, this will happen a lot faster. Cool. Hey Ian, thanks for, for sharing your medicine, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, I look forward to, to collaborating hopefully in the future uh, on some of these projects and really helping spread this super important message. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's well underway now. And thanks to people like yourself, it's, um, it's going to have, I think a really serious, but a kind of a, a lighthearted fun face as well, because uh, we can't take ourselves too seriously. Hey, eh? but it is serious play at the same time. Right. So thanks a lot yeah, for coming yeah. on, man. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, it's, I'm really silly. So, uh, you know, I think it's the kind of the infectious silliness that people just can't get mad at. I'm like, really? Like, what are you going to get mad at me right now? No. <laughs> Have some fun, you know? Cool. All right, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Right, cool. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.